You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. G'day, Amy McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, the only national program focusing on union news, workers' stories and social justice issues from a union perspective. This program is produced in Melbourne for 3CR and the Community Radio Network with the support of the Community Radio Foundation on the stolen lands of the Kulin Nation and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Down on Web Dock on the Melbourne foreshore on Monday the 22nd, Victorian police made an all-out assault on a community ticket called by Unions for Palestine against the docking of an Israeli ship of the Zim shipping line. All around the country, similar actions have taken place as people here in Australia react to the Israeli-led genocide in Gaza. Today we speak to organisers of the web dock picket. But first, some union news. <laughs> On January the 21st, the Maritime Union of Australia reported that Wharfies, employed at DP World in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Fremantle, have had approved leave cancelled by the huge global stevedoring operator and the Maritime Union describing the move as an unlawful and aggressive attack on workers' rights. Dubai-based DP World Australia, which is the largest stevedore in Australia, employing more than 1,800 waterfront workers, notified workers that previously approved leave had been cancelled immediately, leaving workers unable to fulfil family obligations. The company also banned workers from meeting with union representatives on company property, kicking union officials out of car parks, where they were waiting to meet members during work breaks. The MUA said workers were outraged by the unlawful attacks, saying the aggressive escalation was aimed at bullying workers into accepting management's demands in a new workplace agreement. The timing in the middle of summer school holidays has clearly been chosen to cause maximum hardship for workers. All the company is doing, though, is solidifying the unity and resolve of Wharfies nationally to stand up and fight back until they win their just demands off this global giant, MUA Assistant National Secretary Warren Smith said. During this period of negotiations, DP World had sought to intimidate workers using workers' family and social benefits such as income protection. We've seen dockings, actual sackings, threat of mass sackings, leave cancelled, attacks on democratic rights and cancellation of Christmas bonuses. This take-it-or-leave-it stuff might work for DP World elsewhere in their global operations, but Wharfies will fight hard to defend against the threats and intimidation of this multinational stevedore, Mr Smith said. Officers and engineers represented by the Australian Maritime Officers Union and the Australian Institute of Maritime and Power Engineers working for CERCO on the 
New Nima, Australia's Antarctic ice-breaking vessel, took protected industrial action on Wednesday the 24th of January, escalating to a ban on the use of external contractors working on the vessel on Thursday and culminating on Friday with a 24-hour stoppage beginning at 7am. The dispute relates to the Officers and Engineers Enterprise Agreement, the previous Greenfields Agreement, which commenced in 2020, expired on the 6th of January 2024. According to AMP, Serco has indicated it wants to preserve the arrangements in the existing agreement. AMU has described it as inferior to other seagoing agreements. 17 out of 18 eligible AMP members voted in a ballot for industrial action, giving 100% support to periodic stoppages of one hour, four hours, eight hours, 12 hours, 24 hours and 48 hours. All eligible AMU members, 11 in total, voted in a separate ballot that contained the same list of work bans and stoppages. They also gave 100% support to work stoppages of between one and 48 hours. Both unions have said the industrial action would be conducted in a way that ensures the safety of the vessel, other crew members and the port are protected. Nuyena is currently berthed in the port of Hobart. Retail and Fast Food Workers Union, RAFU members working for Factory X, made representations to the Fair Work Commission with 16 witnesses, including the RAFU delegates, who have overseen a massive bargaining campaign to bring Factory X to the table to negotiate fair conditions. In Australia, where an employer refuses to bargain, workers need to show that more than half want to bargain. RAFU's spokesperson said, we've done that, but Factory X is trying to stop the Commission making a majority support determination. A massively casualised, feminised workforce, paid woefully, just want to bargain for fairer conditions, but the bosses know where their profits are made off the back of workers and they are desperate to stop them. It's interesting since Factory X Lincoln profile says that it was established in 1986 as a leading Australian fashion retailer with a diverse range of iconic brands, including Gorman, Dagerfield, Princess Highway, Alana Hill. Their brands are designed to encourage expression and inclusivity and can be found in over 120 flagship destinations across Australia and New Zealand. Factory X are committed to manufacturing products under safe, fair and humane working conditions. We believe in the movement towards a living wage for all. Our ethical sourcing policy includes criteria on labour rights, anti-corruption, fair and safe working conditions and environmental compliance. We continue to stay informed and will implement new ideas and strategies to combat these issues. On January the 29th, over 60 transport workers, TWU Queensland members at Transdev took strike action. The decision to take this action comes after six months of discussions between TWU and Transdev. Bargaining has stalled as Transdev have only agreed to two items from the workers' claims. Josh Milroy, 
TWU's Director of Organising explained we are starting to see positive signs in the bus industry from other companies and the state government who recognise the enormous challenges facing the industry in terms of safety, retention and training. That's why it is so disappointing to see Transdev trying to take this industry and the conditions of their employees backwards. You're on Stick Together, workers' stories, union news and social justice issues. The International Court of Justice, the ICJ, has accepted South Africa's case calling for Israel to cease and desist its genocidal attack on Gaza with 25,000 Palestinians dead and people being slaughtered as they line up for food aid, workers around the world have been rallying in defence of Palestine despite official governmental edicts in support of Israeli actions. Unions for Palestine have been organising picket against the arrival of Israeli ships to Australian ports. On Monday, the January the 22nd, a picket at Webb Dock, Melbourne, saw hundreds of Victorian police and the riot squad attacking picketers with pepper spray and horses with a low-air breach when the police dragged a person in a wheelchair onto the ground and attacked medics and legal observers with pepper spray. A full report of the incident is found on the Melbourne Activist Legal Support, MELS, website. I spoke to three of the organisers, Ben from Unions for Palestine, Tasnam from Free Palestine Melbourne and Declan from the Black People's Union to understand the importance of workers and unions' involvement in the fight against genocide in Gaza. We'll start with you, Ben. Why is it important for unions to be supporting uh, Palestine uh, at this particular moment in history? Well, it's important for Unionists, which is the name of our um, political group, Unionists for Palestine, to be trying to drag their unions towards support for Palestine. And that is for many reasons, but the, the one that comes to mind primarily is that if we look back to the last case of an apartheid regime in the case of uh, South Africa up until the 90s, Australian unions and rank and file union workers were absolutely crucial in establishing the global boycott campaign that really made the difference in bringing down that regime. When Nelson Mandela was released finally from prison in the early 90s, one of his first kind of matters of state was to visit the ACTU and speak and thank the Wharfies in particular for basically being among the first, if not the first, workers to put work bans on South African trade and establish that that was legitimate, important, and to set an example for the rest of the world, which, you know, gradually the rest of the world followed. And that you know, that kind of material intervention in the flow of capital, in the supply chain of a regime like that, is what really makes a difference. So when we look at Palestine, that's what the General Federation of Trade Unions in Palestine have called for. Work bans, boycotts, pickets, interruptions um, by organised labour of this, uh, not just apartheid but genocidal, we now know from the ICJ, uh, regime, and that's what Unionists for Palestine are trying to build uh, momentum 
and understanding around and by setting examples like uh, the picket at WebDoc last week. And Tasman, you've actually said that the focus should be on boycotting companies aiding in Israel's genocide of Palestine. That's right. Uh, Zim Shipping uh, is a company that was targeted through the community picket that was called for by Unions for Palestine precisely because of its role in supplying the genocide and supporting the genocide. So it's a level that is higher than complicity. I think in cases where there is an ongoing genocide, what we learn from history, what we learn when it comes to never again, is exactly to impose sanctions, it's to impose divestments, boycotts, that ensure that the state perpetrating this level of state violence is basically um, debilitated. And we know from history also that that is actually the only way that states that are going on a fascist campaign, a genocidal campaign to annihilate a people, that is the only way that they are brought to their knees. And it's not through appeals to moral values. It's not through civilizational discourse. It's through the application of these sorts of sanctions that then create momentum around the world and and bring that state to its knees. It's fascinating too because uh, unions are the last, I've heard it said that uh, unions are one of the last civil society organisations within Australia that actually are in a position to express their opinion on this and workers in particular are separating themselves from the main discourse of uh, pro-Israeli rhetoric coming from the government. Would you say that was true, Tasnam? I think that um, unions uh, have a lot to do and they can be, as Ben said, brought to a position that is not just vocal, but applying that pressure materially. Rank-and-file unionists have come together through Unions for Palestine to do that. I'm hopeful about that direction for the Palestine movement. The Palestinian struggle cannot be carried by the affected community on its own. And actually, the reason why the siege on Gaza was sustained for 16 years is because we have been unable to gather this kind of mass opposition to the siege and to Israel's uh, continued bombardment every few years, uh, Israel's uh, breaches of international law, Israel's war crimes. So for us to be moving in this direction, it's uh, very threatening to a Labour government, and rightly so. If I could just jump in there, I, I think that there's a really important distinction to make between unions by which... You know, we, we mostly mean union bureaucracies, those who run and represent the union and the rank and file workers. And I think that it's true what you said, that workers have made it clear in the main, certainly even just through polling, it's very clear that the populace is against this genocide, the populace wants it to end, and, you know, the populace is mostly the working class. So it's quite clear, really, what workers think. The gap is between that rank-and-file position and the extent to which it can be organised and represented by the, you know, by the bureaucratic entity of the union. And now, in the case of the 
Maritime Union of Australia, the MUA, they have actually released, they're one of the only union bureaucracies to release a strong statement against the genocide in Palestine. Oh, within so, the Australian context? Within the Australian context, of course, yes, which is unfortunately, particularly since the um, Fair Work Act in 2007, but, you know, at other times in history in Australia also, at the moment we are in, unfortunately, a very conservative moment in terms of the way that union bureaucracies are hamstrung and have become, you know, in, in many cases have become kind of ossified and, and even arguably corrupted by the sort of inability to access the right to strike and the right to take meaningful industrial action, including on, you know, moral issues like genocide. Yeah, well, that's an interesting point. Um, Declan, we'll bring you in here now. Uh, uh, the issue of Palestine and Australia's uh, connection, uh, it, uh, there's a broader issue, isn't there? And this is because, uh, the settler colonial aspect, which is particularly important to be brought forward. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and, you know, as we've seen on January 26th, which is um, Aboriginal people in this country, it's our national day of, um, of resistance. You know, people variously refer to it as a day of survival or a day of mourning. Um, and it is those things. But I think increasingly it's understood um, as a day of um, as a national day of resistance. And we've seen yet again on the 26th, um, uh, you know, mass mobilisation across the country led by various um, independent um, Indigenous groups like Warriors Aboriginal Resistance and the, the organisation of which I'm representative, which is the Black People's Union. Um, and that on this on this particular incarnation of our day of resistance, it was very, very, very clear um, from all the footage that you can see and from the speeches that were made and from those who were represented on those on those marches um, that you know Aboriginal people and our supporters very clearly understand um, the historical uh, the historical connection and the need for solidarity and support and the necessity of of, um, of solidarity between the Aboriginal people here in this country living. Living under the colonial, um, under the colonial system of the Australian apparatus, uh, and the and Palestinian people fighting against the settler colonial apparatus on on their homelands, and you know it is it's it's a question of land, and it's a question of um, uh, a people resisting having been um, corralled into smaller and smaller and smaller um, places polit of, of, of political power, um, smaller territorial positions. Um, and ultimately, you know, the settler colonial goal is to effectively eliminate and replace the people. You know, and you can read Patrick Wolfe on the exact functionality of how the settler colonial um, system operates as distinct from other forms of colonialism. But essentially, the settler, the settler um, comes to stay. Uh, and we're, we're 235 years into um, the settler colonial project in this country. Um, and so we're at a different stage. Um, and we're at a different time in history to where the Palestinian people are with their struggle against settler colonialism. Um, the logic is the logic is the same. Um, the technology and the historical processes of the, of the era are different. But Aboriginal people here, I believe, uh, and I know that within my union um, and within my Aboriginal community, we, we understand that and we understand the necessity of resistance and we understand and take up that call from Palestinians people um, to fight and that's and that's why you know that's why I'm proud to, to represent Black People's Union in in recent actions in, in direct and um, unwavering support for the Palestinian struggle. Ben how do uh, workers uh, work within the union framework to make this a really important issue? Well that's a good question. Um, one thing that workers have been doing myself and uh, many others included, is to, I mean, it started by 
rank and file being invited to sign on to an open letter saying that as union members we oppose the genocide, the occupation, and we expect our unions to do the work necessary to, you know, bring an end to it for the reasons that Tasneem mentioned, because, you know, uh, nice words and moral positions don't don't do the trick. We need actual material interventions. You have to hit the the companies where it hurts. And let's not forget that Zim Shipping is not just an Israeli company; it is the national uh, carrier. It's it's basically equivalent to Qantas before it was privatized. That's its relationship to the state. And so, on the basis of that open letter, the signatories to that open letter were then contacted as you know, concerned rank and file workers. And we have organized ourselves into many uh, groups within our respective unions. So I'm a member of the Australian Services Union, the ASU, both the um, authorities and services branch and the private branch have organized rank and file to start to push the union bureaucracy to take action. Now, when it comes to the MUA, I don't know their internal uh, workings, but we saw in Sydney months ago that um, there was a community picket and members of the MUA were at the picket, were speaking to media. Rank and file workers need to understand that they need to organise very actively because union bureaucracies have a vested interest in not rocking the boat, as it were. So what you're saying is that they need to go to their committees and they had to push forward for them to put statements out. They have right. to vote it up. That's right. They have to vote it up. They have to get involved. They have to get together and get solidarity with other workers who feel passionately about this issue. They have to get in touch with affected community. You know, what, what Tasneem said is really crucial, that we can't just expect Palestinian people or Arab people or Muslim people to bear this whole campaign. We need to understand, also as white settlers here, what our particular responsibilities are to take action against settler colonialism wherever it occurs in the world. But they need to get solidarity and then, yeah, like if the, if the electeds are being resistant, they need to be pushed and pushed again and pushed again. And if they, if they won't come along to what the rank and file wants, because that is their job, they need to lose their positions and you know, more radical people need to take those positions over. We need to re-radicalise the unions in this country. Something that's really important to understand, on, on, to build off what Ben said, which is absolutely true, um, is that, you know, there, there are certainly some, there are certainly many leaders within union bureaucracy who are accommodated to um, to the the system of, of the ACTU and, and, and the Labor Party. And, and, you know, that they are, they're stagnated and um, you know, quite immovable institutions in a lot of ways. But people also need to understand that that's been something that's been achieved over many decades through heavy union-busting laws. You know, the Howard era smacked of that, that particular crackdown on unions to take more radical power. And, 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 and that means that there are severe anti-union laws that prevent even radical people who hold leadership positions. They're very isolated and they're alienated within the union movement because of those anti-union laws. And those anti-union laws work within unions, um, but they also work across unions. And we know that, that union power truly is when unions work together and support each other. So, for example, if dock workers were to go on strike, then then ultimately um, an act of solidarity when the pressure came from um, back from the government or from, um, from the bosses, um, that could be, you know, a way to, to, to support that would be for CFMEU or the Truck Drivers Union to go on strike or to take action as well. Now, 
we're living in an era where there are severe, severe penalties. So unions are afraid um, to do that action now because they'll be sued for millions of dollars and, and lose their assets. So we need to understand that we're living in an era where, and also in addition to that, union membership in Australia is, a, is, a, is at an all-time low. So unions have been badly shackled um, and, and badly beaten down by anti-union laws by conservative governments for decades. Um, and as Ben said, it's actually a necessity for people to, to radicalise within the as workers, as unionists, because unions are not institutionalised bureaucracies. Unions are relationships between workers. That is what a union is. That is what a union always has been. And that is what a union always will be. And those relationships exist. And it is time to go to work, um, bolstering, um, supporting each other to build those relationships and making them radical, militant relationships. And that will lead to ultimately a position where we're in where, where Australian workers are yet again in a position to take action that, that can break from those, those union laws and can force unions to break from those union laws. And, and whether that happens sooner or later, that's, that's, that's what's required. Tasnam, we'll finish with you, I think, because uh, I'd really like people to realise what's at stake when it comes to Palestine and uh, people standing up for Palestine. Yeah, well, I think uh, the anti-union laws were passed exactly for a moment like this when we do need that resistance and we need um, a widespread movement across the nation to take an internationalist position and we feel quite debilitated about that. So, yeah, what's at stake because of that within the Australian state but also other Western nations is that Israel still has impunity even though the ICJ judged that you know, there's a case of genocide and for humanitarian aid to be allowed in for the prevention of genocide. Immediately, the um, UN funding was slashed by this Labour government. I think that should be channeled into anger and that should be channeled in a direction that leads us to resist within this colony against these anti-union laws, against the state apparatus that keeps us repressed and unable to actually have a position on the international stage that is just, that is moral, that is legitimate. And that's why, like, for me, I stand side by side uh, with my Indigenous siblings in their struggle because that struggle that is decolonial is the way forward for us to challenge the politics of this place. Australia, right now, has colonial politics, and it's not coincidental. This is deliberate, and this is the moment of history that we're in. If we're going to see change on um, the Australian position when it comes to Palestine and to see actual aid for the Palestinians, uh, not not humanitarian aid, but, you know, aid in their resistance and, and a stance that is legitimate on Palestine, then we need to challenge the politics of this place here. And the unions need to stand up, uh, stand up not just for Palestine, but stand up for what that means for the consciousness of this nation. Thanks very much, all three of you, for talking to me today. Thank Thanks, you. That's it for Stick Together this week. If you want to catch up with our program, the podcast is available at 3cr.org.au or at your favourite podcast site. You can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or by ringing 03 9419 8377 and leaving us a message. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there is a union for you. And until next time... Stick together.
سوف نحيا هنا سوف يحلو النغم موطني 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 الأبا موطني 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 سوف نبقى هنا كي يزول الألم سوف نحيا هنا سوف يحل النغم ردي موطني You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.